Good morning, Anna and Meredith. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Good. I, yeah. I, I got to totally set this up. I'm that freak kid that used to turn over his doghouse, and I went to the moon eight times as a kid in that doghouse. <laughs> and and my brother and I mastered the fine art of walking very slowly, like they did up there when they were on the moon. And oh my god, and I've been so in love with space since day one. That's great. They, I understand. You, what, what you guys are doing, I mean, I, I've sat with, with elementary students as well as middle school students, and they, they are dreaming of space. And for you to be a part of the new guys, it opens up the door for us to hold on to those dreams as well as ambitions, because it's going to take courage to get back up there again. Definitely, it takes courage to go into space. And, um, you know, when you're sitting on a um, basically a, a bomb with lots of thrust, uh, but you tend to not really think about that. You tend to think about how much fun it's going to be and and uh, whatever your particular mission is. So um, it was just a really uh, a great honor to be a part of this uh, special, uh, amazing group of people. When, when you go into this, going into it as deep as you do, I, I still think that one of the missing puzzle pieces is that we don't get to see the training that you, I mean, the hours after hours of training. We get to see quick pictures and things like this, but I just, I, I want to be able to experience it with you is is nasa developing anything like that to where we can you know watch live oh you mean to actually watch the training as yeah. we're going through it yeah oh. because i mean i mean I, I just what what you go through mentally physically spiritually because i mean once once you're up there in in that vast array it's now it's it, it can't be just muscle memory for the two of you there's nothing that I know of where you can actually watch training as it's happening remotely. You can certainly come to the Space Center. And um, when we were training, tourists would come by and they would have, uh, you, you can watch the astronauts training um, from, a, from a vantage point and you can listen to the audio, but there's nothing I know of that you can log into, for example, and just watch it remotely. Putting this together, the new guys, one of the things that, that captured my attention right away is like, wait a second, that's an interesting title because it's not about just guys anymore. This is, this is about a full spectrum of amazing talent. Um, that's true. I mean, the, the new guys was sort of a military term um, given to the, the newest um, rookie, the newest runt in the group, and it was a name that this class took on. Um, but you're right, it was uh, it's, it, it, in a comic way because it was the first time that women were included, and so they weren't just guys, they were gals. But, um, but the name suited them because they were kind of the upstarts of, 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 the, of the NASA program. I believe wholeheartedly in history and that with, with what we're doing today in space has got to include every bit of that space history all the way back to the 50s. And, and that's what I love about this book is that you do not ignore the journey before you are where you are right now. That's true. We, we, we really dug into the history of what allowed this class to come to be. And prior to this, prior to 1978, of course, NASA only hired white male military um, pilots to be in its um, astronaut program. And there were reasons for that in the way that it evolved. But there, were, uh, there was a generation of people who tried to break down the doors and were unable to, and, and that includes the Mercury 13. Yeah. The women who took all the same tests as the Mercury 7 and passed them but were unable to join the space program or Ed Dwight, the African-American um, 
pilot candidate who was denied um, access. So there was a there was a generation a generation or two um, that tried to break those barriers, but were, were unable to um, before this class came along. Do you think that John Glenn broke the barriers in the way that because Hollywood has always depicted the astronaut as being hard headed? We are so focused, we cannot you know you know get off the track at all. But John John Glenn seemed to be that guy that was hey, let me tell you about the story. Let me tell you what it was really like because I mean astronauts today. I am blessed with the opportunity to talk to so many, and you're all one of us. You're just real people who get the chance to go on there yeah we're very very fortunate and um and and also really believe in in what we're doing and you were talking about the term guys i think of it more in in the california sense of mm-hmm. the term guys which is uh, sort of unisex but it was just really and and we do truly stand on the shoulders of those who went before us i think we're all incredibly grateful to uh, each of the classes and groups that that went uh, before us and as meredith mentioned the mercury 13. i always describe it as i felt like i caught a wave at just the right time as societal norms were were changing and was in the right place at the right time when the doors were beginning to open. But we certainly owe a huge debt to to those who went before us and 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 fought so that when the time came um, and we were ready to take advantage of the doors they opened for us. One of the things that I learned uh, during the lockdown in, in talking with astronauts, were they, they were so inspired in the way that children were now seeing that computers were no longer toys, that they were tools. And, and one astronaut actually explained to me that they felt that that was going to be the turning point for us to get to Mars because they're going to realize that, hey, look, I'm going to go in there and we're going to make a difference for all people and not just one person. That's definitely uh, definitely true. We've learned a lot of new ways of, of, of how we can um, use computers to both uh, stay in touch with, with people. So as we go to Mars, we'll still be able to be in touch and um, have this amazing capability that we bring with us. For the two of you in this AI developing world, do you get jealous of the AI when they start saying it could be the AI that steps on Mars? <laughs> um, I don't think that's going to happen. Good for you. (laughs) Not if the astronauts have any say in it. (laughs) Good. Set me straight. I love it. Because I I don't want a computer or some little robot up there. I want a human being up there. I think there's a role for both. I think robots can be very useful in certain situations. Um, there's a hazardous environment that you're not ready to send humans to. And, uh, you know, we've sent all these uh, uh, surveillance satellites ahead of, of manned um, missions. But so I think there's a role, uh, a role for both and that uh, there shouldn't be like a competition between the two. It should be um, uh, using whatever is best for the particular mission. Well, I think that perseverance and the, the little flying helicopter has changed so many visions because everybody thinks a drone is a drone. But man, when you see it flying on Mars, I mean, all of a sudden, you know, it's like, oh my God, I want to go up there. I want to be able to become a part of it. And it's and it's people like yourself, the two of you, you're the ones that are carrying our dreams forward because we're going to watch through you. 
Well, we hope to really share it. And now I think with the new development, with the commercial space program, yeah. um, I think more and more people are going to have that opportunity. And perhaps you don't want to be a career astronaut, maybe, but you maybe want to have an opportunity to, to go into space and, and who knows, maybe even go to Mars in the future. Yeah, um, uh, it's, it's a real exciting world that we're living in right now. I was going to ask you about that vacation spot, because I've read in so many magazines about how it's going to become a hot spot for vacations. And I keep going, I, are, are we really going in that direction? I mean, oh, hot yeah. is the operative word, right? Anna? <laughs> well, I think definitely, um, you know, there are a lot of people right now talking about building um, space stations, space hotels. Oh, my goodness. Um, you know, obviously, um, Elon Musk with SpaceX has demonstrated. I mean, my gosh, how many launches has he had? He's, it's amazing what he's been able to accomplish. And the same true for Blue Origin. So I have no um, doubt that people will slowly begin going into space more frequently. And um, I mean, there's so many people who've already paid a lot of money just to have yeah. that spot available to them. Oh, to reach up there into heaven or as close as possible and to be able to experience it. Once again, I'm so proud of the two of you because you, you hold a lot of dreams inside your heart. We're, we want, we're there for you all the way. And with this right here, the new guys, uh, you, you are helping to make history a major part of our present. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you. Please come back to this show anytime in the future. And, and maybe next time I'll broadcast from that doghouse. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. <laughs> be brilliant today, okay? Oh, thank, thank you. you. So much.